Perspectives on Easter, a Tent and Thrive special. I was born a twin. The Greeks called me Didymus, but to my family, I'm called Thomas. My brother Thaddeus and I were born in Antioch, but we both moved to Galilee when we were in our early 20s. I was a skilled carpenter and was hoping to use my skills as a merchant. But then I met Jesus and everything changed. I was initially drawn to Jesus by the teachings and example of John the Baptist. I was one of the disciples of John and was present when John baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. After witnessing this event, John the Baptist pointed me and other disciples like John the son of Zebedee and Andrew the brother of Peter to Jesus when he declared, Behold the Lamb of God. Initially, I was hesitant to fully embrace Jesus' teachings and I, I struggled with doubts and questions throughout my time as one of the disciples. However. I was eventually won over by Jesus' compassion, wisdom, grace, and I became a devoted follower of the Master. Near the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, some people in Judea were plotting the Lord's demise. It was during this time that we received the news that the Master's friend, Lazarus, was gravely ill, at the point of death. Fearing for our lives, many in our company tried to talk Jesus out of traveling to Bethany, where Lazarus lived with his two sisters, Mary and Martha. Bethany was near Jerusalem, and, and we knew that there were those in Bethany who wanted us dead. When Jesus determined that he would go, I stood up before my fellow disciples and said, Let us also go, that we may die with him. It's not that I, I had a death wish. I just believed deeply in loyalty. We had been with Jesus for more than three years. We had seen him work many miracles, including some that had rescued us from harm and danger. We had learned much from him about love and forgiveness. If we truly were his followers, ought we not follow him no matter what? I was committed to him even if that meant facing failure, disappointment, or even our own demise. Did I expect that we would die if we went to Bethany? I knew it was a possibility. I knew that there were those who wanted us dead and who would stone us along with the master who, who led us. As we were on our way, word came to us that Lazarus had died. I knew that Jesus could raise Lazarus from the dead. He had demonstrated power over death before. But if I'm being honest, I had my doubts. It was one thing to resurrect the daughter of the synagogue official hours after her death. It was quite another to bring back a man who had been in the tomb for days. As you know, Jesus did raise Lazarus from the dead. And what an event! When he arrived, he saw mourners, especially his good friends, Mary and Martha. He was so moved by their grief, he wept. Yet after he embraced them, he called Lazarus to come forth. The dead man emerged, still wrapped in burial cloths. Jesus ran to the man and wrapped him around his arms, and almost all the onlookers started crying. I was filled with wonder, awe, gratitude, after the Last Supper, Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. I did not go. As such, I was not there when Jesus was arrested and taken away. 
Later, when Jesus was brought forth before the high priests and other Jewish leaders, I got word of what was going on. I managed to make it to the processional route of the old city, what some people call the Via Dolorosa, just in time to see Jesus being marched toward Golgotha by a unit of Roman soldiers. The master was bloodied and bruised. He staggered under the weight of the cross, so much that the soldiers dragged a man out of the crowd to help him with it. I remember wondering why Jesus permitted them to do that to him. And when he ultimately died on the, the cross, I was shocked, I was con confused. On the day of his resurrection, Jesus appeared to the group of the disciples in a closed room. I was not with them. When Nathaniel and Andrew later told me they had seen the resurrected Lord, I replied, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands to his side, I will not believe. I had seen Jesus die. I had seen him seemingly powerless to prevent his death. He may have had the power to restore others to life, but could he bring himself back from the grave? A few months earlier, Jesus had warned us of his imminent departure and that he was going to his father's house to prepare a place for us. We were confused by this mysterious language. His father Joseph had long ago died and his house in Nazareth was home to two of his children and not large enough to accommodate all of us. Jesus then said, and you know the way to where I'm going. What was that way? All of us wanted to ask, but everyone was reluctant to do so. So I spoke up. Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus wasn't talking about knowing a route or a location, but about knowing a person. Despite his explanation, I, I didn't quite understand until after the resurrection. When I told my friends that I needed proof to believe that Jesus had risen, I was speaking honestly. I wanted to believe, but it seemed so fantastic a story that I, I just could not muster the, the faith. Eight days after Jesus' resurrection, the 11 of us were together in an upper room. Jesus appeared out of nowhere. He looked like the master, but could he not have been a, a, a ghost? And oh, how patient he was with me, how, how loving, how merciful, how, how gracious. He invited me to touch the wounds and see for myself. Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it to my side. Stop doubting, believe. He knew what I needed to believe and he provided the evidence. He met me at the exact point of my need and then guided me back to faith. I had always been able to be honest with the Lord about my doubts and questions. That night, he did not condemn me. He lovingly restored me. With tears in my eyes, I fell at his feet and cried out, my Lord and my God. Being able to touch his wounds, being able to hear his voice, being able to, to recognize who he truly was, I was filled with a sense of awe and reverence. Jesus was not just my master and my Lord. He was my savior. He was the son of God. All of the doubts and fears that had hindered me throughout my time as a disciple 
and indeed throughout my lifetime were replaced with a, a profound sense of faith and devotion. Gently he pulled me to my feet and said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Some days later, I was fishing with Peter and the other disciples when Jesus appeared to us at the Sea of Galilee. He provided us with a miraculous catch of fish and then shared a meal with us. Looking back on that event, it, it seems to me that it was symbolic of Jesus' ongoing role as a provider and sustainer of life. It demonstrated his ability to provide for his followers, both in a physical sense and in a spiritual sense. And it reinforced the idea that he was still present with us and actively guiding our lives, even though he was soon to ascend to his Father in, in heaven. It was here at the Sea of Galilee and later on at the Mount of Beatitudes that Jesus reaffirmed his call to us to spread the good news of his message and to continue his work in the world. By appearing to us and offering guidance and support, he was able to equip us to carry out his mission and to continue his legacy in the years to come. And that is what I'm doing now and will continue to do for the rest of my life.